Did, did he have a line for you? I mean, how, how, oh, he had a nice car. Okay, okay. Do you remember the car? Uh-huh. He had a brand new Z28 Camaro. Oh. Buckle up. You're listening to Terminal Exchange. everyone. Uh, welcome to Terminal Exchange. You're listening to Newsbomb's brand new podcast show covering everything Newsbomb. And I'm your host, Philip Adams. I'm not sure that I can express just how excited I am to start this new journey with you. I, I really hope uh, you'll enjoy listening to this uh, podcast just as much as our team has enjoyed uh, putting it together for you. So what exactly is Terminal Exchange? Well, you know, as the name suggests, Terminal Exchange does aim to share the stories and happenings around Newsbomb through engaging conversation. So I'll be sitting down each week uh, with a special guest in a feature exchange that, you know, we hope to bring out, you know, the personalities and, and stories in a way that we just really couldn't do before. As you listen through the episodes, I really hope that uh, the unique culture of Newsbomb shines through and, and you really get a sense of, of who we are uh, through, through this podcast. Terminal Exchange is so much more than just entertaining people, uh, entertaining our listeners, uh, more than just sharing news and updates uh, with with all of our people. It's about bringing you alongside us on this journey as as we try to carry out the mission of Newsbomb to impact the lives of those we come in contact with. So I invite you to subscribe to our show uh, on whatever platform you enjoy your podcast. Um, So you'll be able to find us on iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you know, basically any podcast app or, you know, wherever you like to listen to your podcast app. But for our Newsbomb drivers, uh, there is a new dedicated feed inside of Link, our driver app, uh, where you will be able to get every update, every new episode of Terminal Exchange. Terminal Exchange isn't just a podcast show. It's also our uh, brand new, completely recreated blog site. Uh, So you can navigate to TerminalExchange.org and listen to every episode, both past and present. So as we get more episodes here, um, if you start listening to this uh, in a year from now, from when this first goes out, uh, you'll be able to go back and listen to every single episode or pick and choose which ones sound good to you. Uh, But with those episodes on on the blog site, you'll be able to find uh, additional resources that might include pictures, videos, links, whatever kind of makes sense uh, with each episode. Also, since we really have so much more that we can share with you than what we can really fit into an episode or, you know, have time to be able to create a a new episode for, uh, we'll be posting more stories, uh, news articles, and everything on TerminalExchange.org. So if you don't want to miss out on any of the news, um, new episodes, articles, spotlights that we're doing, uh, or if you really just like getting emails, because I mean, We could always use a few more emails in our inbox, I think. Um, You should definitely think about joining our email list. Uh, You can do that just right there on TerminalExchange.org. Go click on the uh, link uh, provided there in the menu. So, all right, that's enough talking about all that. Uh, Let's go and uh, get started here. Let's uh, get started with our very first exchange. Now, first, while I am excited to share this first exchange, it's also kind of bittersweet. 
So this week I had the privilege of sitting down with uh, Vicki Brown. Vicki is a customer service representative here at Newsbomb, and she has been lighting up this office for the past 30 years. Uh, sadly, this last fall, Vicki announced that she would be retiring at the end of this year, uh, being the end of 2018. We love Vicki here, and uh, being able to sit down with her um, and talk with her and kind of reminisce a little bit um, was really special for me. And uh, I really hope that as you listen to this episode, you know, you'll uh, get to learn just a little bit, maybe a few things about Vicki that you didn't know before. Uh, talk a little bit about her husband and her kids and, and family and some of her interests and things that she's enjoyed and uh, some of the fond memories that she has here uh, working at Newsbomb. So I don't want to steal any of her thunder here and, and take away from, from what you're about to hear, um, but uh, I might warn you, uh, you should probably get a tissue box ready, especially if you know Vicki well. Um, I really think this is going to be a special intro uh, to this uh, podcast show, and uh, I can't think of any better way to kick things off than uh, introducing Vicki Brown with you. Welcome, Vicki. Uh, glad to have you here with us, and uh, thank you for taking time to sit down with me and, and talk, reminisce a little bit, share some stories, and uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your experience here at Newsbomb and um, what's next for you. So, You're welcome. <laughs> um, let's, uh, let's talk about, you know, now and, and what's next for you. You recently announced your official retirement. Uh, I really, really had plans to stay maybe until next year because I'd be 65 in September. Um, my husband's had some health issues, had a couple pretty bad falls in September. So I just felt like the Lord kept nudging me, now's the time, now's the time. And he has Parkinson's, so we'd like to share some time together while he's still got good years left to do that. And I felt like I was pushing it, trying to push an age thing rather than take the years that we could be together. So that's kind of why I made my decision the other day. And I got an email from, um, I think it came from Doug, saying that he was feeling good the first of the year. We were going to be fully staffed with two new people in customer service. And that just really hit my heart that I needed to tell him my thoughts and went in and had a nice conversation. I told him I felt like now. January 1st would be the time I need to retire, so. I don't think anybody can fault you for, for your decision, and um, I can tell you personally, you know, you've meant a lot to me and our family as well. Um, <laughs> I didn't want you to cry at the, at the beginning of, the, of our conversation, but, but, but seriously, I honestly, um, kind of me looking back, um, my first day here at Newsbomb was actually largely spent with you. Um, you know, Doug said, go sit with Vicki and uh, she'll show you the ropes of uh, the dispatch planner and everything and all this and, and whatnot and going in and setting up orders and things like that. And um, I, you know, I know we've known each other even further back from church and everything, although I was younger, I don't remember everything as, as clearly, but um, sitting with you, just I really appreciated the time that you uh, you put into me as well. Um, Thank you. I think that's kind of been one of the neat things here. I've gotten to help start 
I don't know about everybody. You know, they always start with Vicky, so that's always been kind of fun. I feel like I get to know them right off the ground floor and tell them the little bit of knowledge I have and hope it helps and makes them feel at ease when they come, so. I can tell you, I, I very much appreciate that. And, you know, getting to uh, sit with someone that I would consider that um, really does have a servant's heart and, and a passion for the people that she works with and, and to, to help everybody uh, and to assist each person in, in the job they're doing, you know, helping uh, those that you're training on the computer system and, and, you know, working operations, but, you know, then also taking care of the drivers and our customers and everything along the way. So, you know, I thank you for your servant's heart there and you're just welcome. completely selfless and everything. Um, thank you. It shines through, so. Thank you. I always said, I think the thing I always like the most about my job is the people. You know, I always, in the back of your heart, you always feel like technology is is growing and sometimes you feel like it's getting the best of you, but I still think you have to have a heart for the people. And I think that's probably, probably always been my desire. If, if nothing else, you know, maybe technology will get the best of me, but I think I still feel like the people skills are important, you know, and I, I hope the girls coming on behind me feel that way too. So. I am certain that you have passed that along and I've seen that in others as well. So um, I think you're, you're leaving things in good hands, um, although we will greatly miss our Vicky. <laughs> but uh, and I, one of the things we'll miss, other than your smile and personality and everything, um, and I hope we won't completely miss, is some of the goodies that you bring in. Uh, we love, love it when you share uh, your talent and, and skill of baking and, and cooking and, and all of that. Um, tell me a little bit about, you know, it's a little bit of a hobby for you, right? To, to do your baking and, you know, we get to enjoy some cupcakes and you've made some cupcakes for uh, for my kids for their birthdays and everything. Huge appreciation there for, for that. I don't know. It's just something I don't know. I can't even remember what, how I really got started in it. Um, I can't say I've ever liked to really decorate cakes per se, but cupcakes, I've just really enjoyed doing it. And I don't know, it kind of started maybe with my kids or something. And then cupcakes have kind of been the thing right now. And I kind of got into it and it's kind of fun to see what you can come up with and different ideas and just kind of been a passion, something I've enjoyed. So, yep. And I like, yeah, I like, they, they laughed here a while back, said, you got to make biscuits and gravy before you leave. So I did that already. <laughs> so I was looking at the, the our, uh, uh, tree of thanks in the back there earlier, and uh, I happened to notice there was a handful of leaves off here to the bottom right. And every everyone says, you know, you know, thankful for for Vicky's smile. I'm thankful for Vicky's cupcakes, for Vicky's cookies, for Vicky's this, that, and the other. And I thought that was really special, really neat to see that. Um, you know, that stands out. Um, do you enjoy the the baking, the decorating? Is it a stress reliever? What? I think it's a stress reliever. I just enjoy doing it. Um, I've never charged per se, um, you included, 
like would give me gift cards or something like that. I think if I ever got to a point where I was doing it for money, the fun would be gone. It's fun now because if it doesn't turn out perfect, I don't feel so bad, you know, I'm doing it for free. So that's kind of been something. Um, I don't know, another thing, I look back years ago, um, several different people here had wedding showers and I do mints, you know, I make the little mints for the showers. And I think it was probably Sarah, Bauman. Um, she's now Sarah Schrock. She stopped by the other day. I think when we did hers, we made like 4,000 mints. She did come and help me. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. Kate, Kate Verkler worked here. And But when you get these apostolic weddings, they have a lot of people. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So that night, I remember Kate brought Josh, her husband-to-be, and I think a couple other um, siblings and we sat around my dining room table and made mints all night and that was just fun you know we had a good time so it's just numerous things I can remember outside of the office when you work with people you thoroughly enjoy and you thoroughly love it's just as much fun when you're out of the office and uh, I know different times in the past um, when I was customer service manager I'd have Christmas dinners at my house, you know, and they, the girls would all come over. We'd set up tables all over the house and, you know, we just had a ball. And those are the kind of things I'm gonna miss, you know, which the girls here already tell me they're gonna take me on a trip to Chicago to the Cheesecake Factory. So maybe I still have something to look forward to. I don't know. I, I can't imagine you'll be able to keep yourself completely away from here. I can't. <laughs> I told Brent, the day I went in to tell him I was leaving, Brent said something about, well, you'll, you'll come back. And I said, well, Brent, you're not big about people walking, you know, through the office. And he goes, you can come back. <laughs> so every now and then, I'm sure I'll bop in to see him. <laughs> Absolutely. So you and John have been together for... Almost 48 years. 48 years. So you're, you're coming up close on the 50. Yeah. That's is such a long time. And I mean, for, for me to think about that, being married less than 10 years at this point. Yeah. And, um, but that's that's awesome. That's incredible that you have had such a great relationship. Yeah. Um, love seeing the two of you together. It's always nice to see John when he walks through here. I've seen him at, you know, when we've done the office Christmas parties and, yeah. and everything. But tell me a little bit about, you know, first meeting John and, uh, oh you know, can, can you go back? Okay, you'll, yeah, you'll get a kick out of this. Um, here I've worked at a trucking company for 30 years and I married a truck driver. <laughs> Not from this company, but he um, used to be just up the road here by our, our old terminal where Cummins sits now. It used to be a truck stop. It was called Big Rig Truck Stop. And I started working there when I was 14 years old. I washed dishes. Then I waitressed, and I met John when I was 16, and we got married when I was 17, and it just, he was a truck driver. He came in there to eat, and um, another waitress, her husband was good friends with John, and that's kind of how we met, and 48 years later. <laughs> so did he have a line for you? I mean, how, how... Oh, he had a nice car. Okay, okay. Do you remember the car? Uh -huh. He had a brand new Z28 Camaro. Oh. And, and uh -huh. I got to drive it to school. I was still in high school. I got to drive it to school if I washed it. So he washed it. So he would, he would let me have the car, and that was the, the deal. So, That's yeah. so fun. Yeah. So, 
you married a trucker mm-hmm. and you work in trucking. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we always talk about our drivers and their home time and, you know, time with family. Um, what, first off, what kind of driving was he doing? Okay. He primarily drove in the state of Illinois, mm-hmm. um, some over into Iowa, a little bit up into Michigan, a little over into Indiana once in a while. But a lot of times you, you say, well, my husband was home every night. But that could mean left at three or four in the morning, maybe didn't get home till nine or 10 at night. So even though our drivers are gone, you know, for sometimes a week, two weeks, three weeks at a time, sometimes there were weeks John didn't see the kids or I, you know, we'd be in bed when he got home and in bed when he left in the morning. And um, so, you know, it was hard, but he primarily, I mean, he used to haul seed corn, he used to haul Ralston Perina, here in Bloomington, he hauled out of there before they closed, which was more the bag feed. Um, and then for the last, I don't even know how many years, he hauled a bulk tank truck um, with eight compartments in it and primarily went to farms and feed for animals. So, yeah. I remember you telling me one time, we I think we bumped into each other at Bergner's or something like that at the mall one time, and you were telling me about just being concerned for him even because he's having to climb up yes. stuff, uh, you know, even in the winter and, and whatnot. His trailer had these lids on the top that each compartment opened. And years later, they got automatic lids where you just hit a button and the lids opened. But back in the day, he'd have to crawl up the ladder and and along the top and open all these lids and then get back down and, you know, back up and close the lids. And, you know, in later years, he had like a catwalk and he could hold on and it was a little bit better. But we were talking, John happened to meet me for lunch today and we were talking about holidays. And I said, I feel so bad some of our drivers obviously aren't going to make it home from the holiday, depending on where they, they land, you know. And we were laughing. I said, John, I can remember many a holiday that you either didn't make it home or you'd have to get up and leave early that morning, you know. And I said, I can remember some of the husband's wives getting upset. And I said, I just took it in stride. I knew that was part of your job. And, and you know, that's how it was. So even though he didn't maybe do the long hauls that our guys do, it was still much the same type of thing for the family, you know. Yeah. And didn't change how, you know, you probably were concerned for him as he's out driving every yeah. day. And yeah. yeah. I look back all the miles he drove, and I only remember him getting a ticket one time, and that was just shortly after we got married. So all those years of driving, I don't think he ever had a speeding ticket, never had an accident. So that's so fantastic. pretty proud of his record. Yeah. And did he treat his personal vehicles the same way yeah. then? Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you mentioned that part of your decision for this timing is to be with with John there. So, tell me, uh, tell me a little bit more about you know moving forward here. What I mean, do you guys have? I mean, you have some plans for the next year? Yeah. Um, just to kind of back up a little bit, he was diagnosed with Parkinson's in 2007. And it's been, Parkinson's is a real gradual disease, you know. Thank goodness it's not something that overnight they're real bad. But I can really see in the last year or so how he's progressed and the the tremors and, you know, a little bit slower movements and that type of thing. 
And um, things out of the ordinary really kind of upset him or kind of anxiety, like as far as traveling to um, somewhere maybe that we don't know, unfamiliar surroundings. I don't see us doing a lot of that. I mean, we may take weekend trips and that type of thing, but I told John I've never been one that really had to go to Paris or had to go to London or, you know, that's never been on my bucket list, I guess you'd say. Um, I think probably for us, just more or less more time with our kids, being able to go and not have to be back in a certain day and, you know, just more that that kind of thing, you know. So you have two kids, correct? Both married? Yes. Tracy's married. Her husband's flat. Um, they have three kids, Stephanie, Devin, and Danielle. Stephanie has two little boys, and Danielle has a little boy and expecting a little girl. Congratulations. Yep. <laughs> and Devin has two girls and a boy. So we're right now at almost seven great-grandkids. Wow. Then our son Ryan lives in Jackson, Tennessee. He has a daughter, Maddie, that will be 18 in January. Will is 15. And then probably eight or nine years ago, they took on raising Stephanie's niece, my daughter-in-law's niece and nephew when their parents couldn't take care of them. So they've had Josh and Katie now for eight or nine years. Josh is 16 and Katie is 13. So... We've got a lot. <laughs> we can we can have a lot of time with our grandkids now. Fantastic. Yeah. They get to come up and see you yeah. regularly enough. Yeah. Excellent. Yep. They'll be here for Christmas. <laughs> Tell, uh, let's you know, let's talk about you know the grandkids and, and everything. I mean, great grandkids. You know, now you got more young ones. What's your favorite things to do with them? How do you, how do you guys spend your time together? Ryan's kids have been so much fun because Maddie, who's a senior in high school, she's always been involved in all the plays and she likes the acting. Um, She's taken voice lessons for a lot of years. Um, My mom passed away in May and Maddie sang at her funeral, which meant a lot. Um, Will, who is the 15-year-old grandson, has been real active in golf. So we've been all over the country Pinehurst, North Carolina, you know, different places watching Will play. Um, So I'm sure we'll we'll be traveling a lot to golf tournaments with him. Josh and Katie, kind of the same thing. Katie's been involved in basketball and Josh golf, not to the extent Will has, but we still go watch them. Um, Ryan, or Tracy's kids primarily will be helping them take care of great grandbabies, I think. <laughs> so they have it in their head. We're going to move closer to them. So we'll see how that pans out. I don't know. <laughs> You've been in this area for a while, so. Yeah, I've never, I live in Hudson and lived there my entire life, except when John and I first got married. We lived in Lexington for five years. Then we lived in Normal for two years. So out of 48 years, I've only been away from Hudson for, you know, seven years. So, yeah. Hudson's home. <laughs> Might be a little bit of a tough sell to get you. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was kind of another blessing about working here. You know, I'm five, five minutes from home. You know, I can almost look across the cornfield and see my house. So that's always been a blessing. I know when Brent first announced they were building a new terminal, my heart kind of sank because I thought, oh, it's going to be over on the other side of Bloomington or Morton or somewhere, you know. 
So that was a real thrill when it was putting me a mile even closer to home. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, that was great. Fantastic. So you've been with Newsbomb here for 30... 30 and a half years. 30 and a half years. Um, and how you, have you been in customer service the entire time? The entire time, yeah. Yeah. Looking back, I mean... 30 years, a lot has changed. There's been the technology. You, know, you mentioned earlier, you know, the people skills, though, still remain. Those are important. Mm-hmm. Um, what's been some of the most significant things that you've seen change from a maybe more technical standpoint? Yeah. I know when I started, um, I don't even know if you would know, Philip, but our computers used to be a great big box on the, <laughs> on the desk, you know? Right. And the week I started... Um, I started on June the 6th of 1988, 6-6 of 88, and Leanne was supposed to start the same week as me, but because we were switching computer systems, they delayed hers a week. Well, I came in, and here's this monster of a computer. Of course, I had to learn that, which I hadn't taken any computer in school at all. It was never offered, you know. So I got into this one, then I got a smaller box (laughs) in a week, and it was a whole new system. Um, Back in the day, like now, we can go online, we can put in the pro, we can search, we can tell people where the driver is. Back then, um, we had file cabinets, and you literally, like if the shipper was... Johnson & Johnson, you went over to the J drawer, you pulled out the drawer, you you found that Johnson & Johnson order. Then when you got the pro number off of the shipper file copy, we called it, you could go back to the computer then and plug it in. But I mean, every order, you got up and ran to the file cabinet, flipped <laughs> through till you could find the shipper file copy. So every night when the drivers brought their bills in, they would turn them in And then we had a night crew here that what they call punch the bills. And the bills always had three copies to it. There was the shipper file copy, the customer copy, and our copy. So when the driver left, that shipper file was tore off. That came to customer service the next morning. We alphabetized all those, put them in the files, and then that's how you found your loads. I mean, it was just so different. So different. Of course, back then it was always called a pro number rather than an order number. And I know when I first started, um, every pro number or every piece of paper, you know, delivery receipt, bill of lading, got microfilmed. And I would sit back at this big microfilm machine and I would put these papers through there. And then the film would go out to Mark Center um, in a little bag and then in a couple days, they would bring the film back developed. Then I'd go back to what we called a reader, and I would have to splice the film and make sure everything was pro number order. And then if you, you know, for some reason wanted to go back and look at an old bill of lighting or an old delivery receipt, you could go back to the reader, find that roll of film, put it in, and then and bring it up. I mean, it's just so different. <laughs> so different now. <laughs> Such a such a different way of uh, well of your data management. Mm-hmm. You know now everything it's all digital. Mm-hmm. 
you know, now we barely even deal with actual paperwork. Oh, no. Yeah, everything's scanned in. No, I'm still made yeah. fun of for all the paperwork I keep that is totally unnecessary, but I can't let it go. <laughs> and there have been times people have come to me and asked for something, and I can pull out the paperwork and show them, you know, so it's not always a bad thing. <laughs> But, yeah. there, there, there's maybe some sage wisdom there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. But being in the position of customer service, you are dealing with our customers. You're dealing with those in operations, mm-hmm. making sure loads are, everything's in order. Um, you know, there's a lot of patience required in that position. Sometimes you're putting out fires. Uh, trying to deal with, hey, this load, you know, we've got a trailer sitting here, it needs to be picked up, <laughs> and or whatever. Um, what what gives you that patience, you know, to kind of keep going through and and stay cool, not get worked up? And I just think I know. Maybe part of it's having lived with a truck driver. You know, I know what they go through. I kind of seen the other end of it too. I try to always think about his side of it, you know. It's got to be sometimes as frustrating for them as it is for us. Um, And you just have to go with the flow. I mean, I know when I get here in the morning, I've always had a habit, I get here about a half an hour early. That's my own choosing because I want to sit down, I want to go through my emails, I want to know what loads are going to be late that I already know about, I want to know who I have to call first. And... I think I found over the years the most important thing is communication. If you get a hold of one of your customers and say, hey, we're going to be an hour late before they call you and ask where your load is. You know, that's always meant a lot, and I think it means a lot to the customers. Nine times out of ten, they're going to say, thanks for letting us know, bring him on in. Where if they call you, then they're going to say, hey, we can't take it, we want to reschedule it. So I think being proactive... um, has kind of just been something I've learned over the years. Um, as far as patience, I I suppose I have my days when I'm not as patient as I, I would like to be, <laughs> but I hope it never shows, you know. But everybody's going to have a day of frustration. And when you get up in the morning and the snow's coming down, the first thing you think is, oh boy, what's it going to be like when I get to work? Because you know, you know, there's going to be drivers stranded here, stranded there, and loads are invariably going to be late. You know, that's... That's just part of it, you know, so. You know, one thing, Philip, I didn't bring up when we were kind of talking about when I started, and I hope you don't mind. Um, I remember I I started in June, and I think it was probably September or October. I always took my kids to school before I came to work, and as I go by the terminal to take them to school, and as I went by this one morning, there were fire trucks everywhere, fire trucks scared me to death. I dropped the kids off, I raced back out here, and we'd had a fire, they called it the green room back then, and it was over in dispatch. We have two separate buildings where the docks and and dispatch was, and then we were out front in the front office where the customer service was. And I can remember that day being so impressed because they started coming over, all the driver's paperwork he turned in the night before, all these loads, manifests, 
Delivery receipts were all wet. Some of them had glass in them. They just started bringing everything over into our building. We were spreading them out. We were trying to let them dry. They moved dispatch over into our building. And I can just remember being so impressed how everything just flowed. I mean, we never missed a beat. Operations kept going. And I think that even back then impressed me, the teamwork that we have here. You know, the way everybody just pitches in and works together and and makes it happen, you know. That was neat. But. Is there anything else then um, that stands out as far as key moments, you know? Well, I can tell you something. I don't know if it's a key moment, but another thing I was thinking of the other day, when I started, I did um, OS&D, overages, shortages, and damages. And I used to think it was so much fun because we would have, we have an OS&D trailer out on the dock and anytime something came back damaged or over, overage or whatever, if it didn't have to be returned to the shipper for various reasons, maybe cost-wise it was cheaper just to salvage it out or it was damaged beyond them wanting it back, um, it would go out there in a trailer. And I know every six months or so, there'd be a big salvage sale. I mean, the driver's wives, everybody would come. We thought that was so much fun. You know, you get toothpaste for 10 cents a tube, you know. And I don't know, that was just always kind of a fun day, you know, when everybody came in and you had your salvage sale. And I don't know, that's probably kind of dumb, but it was fun, you know. We don't have that now. No, thank goodness. (laughs) It was a lot of work. and, And another thing, um, when I started here, we had the picnics out at Miller Park. And it was so much fun because we had um, different terminals. We had Roby Cartage over in Indianapolis. We had PAC up at Milwaukee. We had SNS down at Evansville. We had the Rockford Dock. We had a Peoria Dock. And all these people would be invited to the picnic and they'd all show up. And these are people, you know, I talk to on the phone every day, but about once a year you got to see them, you know. And of course, back then we had the LTL division, we had the broker division, and it was just such a fun day. And I just, I can remember Tilly and and the whole new Spam family p- pitching in and Tilly made, oh my word, I don't know how many loaves of cinnamon bread. Um, she made ice cream bars. She made homemade hot fudge. She made homemade caramel sauce. She made, you know, just, I just can't even tell you what they did, you know. And they'd have games set up for the kids and the zoo. And it was just a real fun day, you know, of everybody getting to be together and meet each other. And so those are some of the fond memories. Yeah. And I, I know, uh, you know, through our photo archive, we've got some of those pictures and everything. So I think as part of this, we'll we'll make sure we get a picture or two posted up from yeah. on our on our website here, uh, along with the podcast, and yeah. so people can kind of see some of those memories that, yeah. that you're recalling. Yeah. Um, is there anybody that in particular sticks out to you uh, in the company um, that you know just really means a lot to you, or you know helped you along? Well, I'll tell you, there's been so many people over the years. I remember when I first started here, there was a lady named Irene Moore that we had went to church with for years and years and years. And I kind of had been wrestling around, you know, maybe it was time I find a job. My kids were in high school. 
Well, Tracy was a junior, Ryan was eighth grade when I started. And I knew I wanted to help out with college and all that kind of thing. So she was the one that was instrumental in, in mentioning my name here and, and helping me get the job. Um, over the years, I, Phil Breaker, I mean, Phil was, I, we've got so many people around here that are compassionate, caring people, but um, for all the years he was my supervisor, it just meant so much to me. I knew there was never a time I couldn't go to Phil. And Doug is much the same way. Brent, Brent Martin's the same way. But um, it just meant a lot, you know. The other day when I decided to turn in my retirement notification, one of the first piece people I emailed was Phil to tell him I was retiring, you know. And he said some really nice things, and it just, it just meant a lot. So I guess he sticks out most of all right now. Did he say anything specifically to you in his yeah, response? Yeah, he sent me a really nice email, but I don't want to, I want to brag. But um, I can't remember right off, but it was really, really nice stuff. And he, he said something to the effect, if I was still there, I would want to retire too, knowing you were retiring. And I mean, that meant a lot. That, is, that is super sweet. Yeah. Yeah, so. And the thing I think with Phil too he just sort of had a way of bringing us all in with his family. We felt like his family was our family. You know, the kids came in here every now and then. Rebecca would stop by. Every year he had the entire uh, operations department to his house for a meal. For a lot of years, they wouldn't even let us bring anything. I mean, they totally did it all. Brian Cannon got down the floor and wrestled with their kids and, you know, it's just, you always felt like when you went to their home that, that you were part of their family, you know? Um, so those are things. Um, Doug, over the years, I think, now that our department's grown, we've changed and now we have a, a Christmas in June. We have a picnic out at Kamalara, you know, and that works real well. So, yep. A lot of special people. Now, speaking of a lot of special people, one of the... You've worked in a unique department, I feel like, at least in my time here. Um, I hate to use the word turnover, but there's been a lot of changes in the customer service department. We've had uh, ladies that have been in here. They've gone, gotten married or had kids, and they stay home, and you know that's, that's great for them. So you've actually had a unique opportunity, I think, to work with even more people very closely. Mm -hmm. um, and I have to imagine that even in some of those short instances, you know, they've been able to get something from you. You've, you've impacted them. With the, the ladies we've got out there now, and uh, we've got another gentleman coming in now as well, right? Um, but what, what would you like to leave with them? I mean, if you could share with them a piece of advice um, what, what would that be? I guess, I don't know. I, I always feel that, you know, different ones coming in. Of course, they're younger and younger, and they learn things faster maybe, but I think compassion, you know. Um, realize not everybody learns the same way. Not everybody learns as fast as somebody. Not everybody has the computer skills maybe that somebody else has. But... 
I mean, I feel like those things can be taught, but have compassion for the customers, have compassion for the drivers, you know. Um, I think that's, to me, your personality, how you come across to people is probably more important than all those other skills. You know, they can be learned. And, and I know there's times when I probably myself have let those things overwhelm me. But then every now and then I have to kind of put it in check. God didn't give us all the same, the same um, talents, you know. And I think being in customer service, um, a heart for people, you know. Whether it's the people you work with, the girls in the department, whether it's your customers, whether it's your shippers, whether it's the drivers, you know. I think they can sense that over the phone. And where we do, do deal a lot with people on the phone, I think that's that's important, you know. So, what's going through your mind? Sadness. Right now? <laughs> Sadness because I know that last day is going to be hard to walk out of here, and. I love these guys. I mean, you know, Brenda, you were talking about the leaves on the tree. You know, I went back there the other day and, you know, they said to put a leaf on the tree and a donation in the box for something you're thankful for. Somebody laughed. I hadn't even paid that much attention to it. Somebody laughed and says, a leaf? Vicky's got a branch, you know. And it's, Brenda put one on my computer and the leaf said, Vicky's decision not to retire, <laughs> you know. And... You know, that's the thing, you know. It's just the love of the people here and the, the feeling this has been my family for 30 years. You know, people have come and gone, but the people I work with right now, I'm going to miss terribly, you know. And yeah, I can stop by, but it's not going to be the same. You know, these are people I've spent nine hours a day with, you know. We've shared our joys. We've shared our sorrows, you know. I know when I lost mom, you know, back in May, I mean... Just the outpouring of love, you know. A few years ago when I had cancer, I can't even tell you. I mean, the girls came one day over the noon hour. Here comes five or six of them, you know, and brought me lunch. And uh, Tian, you know, she brought me I don't know how many meals. Uh, I just could go on and on, you know. I'm going to miss the people. I really am. And that even goes to customers. Um, you know, I can think of a number of them that, you know, when you deal with these people day in and day out, you know. So I know so gradually here I have to start telling them, you know, that I'm going to be retiring. But I just know that I'm leaving it in good hands because we, I think our people in HR do such a wonderful job of trying to find a good match, you know, for the department. So... I feel good about leaving because I know somebody else is going to carry on. So it will be hard. You don't want to be here the last day. <laughs> wow. I can tell you it won't be an easy day for anybody. And uh, I want to express my deepest appreciation for you and everything that you've done here for the company for you for your friends here i gotta figure out who's gonna do the laundry 
<laughs> Every Friday I take the towels home. <laughs> so you want me to pass that to Gary's got a few more years here, maybe, so <laughs> just pass it on to him. <laughs> but no. But you know, it's that kind of thing. You know. You just that's the neat thing about too, the ESOP company, I think. This is all of our company, you know. And a big thanks to Brent and his family and what they've meant to me over the years. I never had the pleasure of knowing his dad, but I used to sit at the switchboard and we had a big portrait of him right out there in the front office. And I used to sit and wonder, you know, how pleased he would be to know how his company is. Went on and how the people here live for the Lord and trust the Lord's gonna take care of us and how he's blessed this company over the years. So that's it, I'm done. <laughs> I don't think there's anything more that I'd, I'd have you try to say right now. Thank um, you. you, I will say this though, that um, there will never be another Vicki Brown here at Newsbomb. Thank you. And uh, much love to you and, and John. Uh, we, we hope the best there that you get to spend many, many happy times there and uh, take care of John. I will. <laughs> and, uh, you know, spend some time there with your, your kids and grandkids and everything. And um, really, really cherish that time. And, uh, you know, it's what you're doing is very important. It means a lot. And I'm, I'm sure John appreciates that as well. Um, you know, right now, you know, even though we want you here uh, very, very badly, um, you know, John needs you more. Yep. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll be thinking of you and praying for you. And, Thank and you. Please don't be a stranger around here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I Steve Neal thinks he's going to set up a little snack bar back there for me and I can work in the snack bar. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, oh goodness. We'll see. But thank you. Thank you. been listening to Terminal Exchange, the official podcast show of Nussbaum Transportation. Nussbaum is an industry leader in over-the-road freight transportation. For more information on Nussbaum's award-winning truckload services and top-paying driving careers, go to Nussbaum.com or NussbaumJobs.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Terminal Exchange. New episodes arrive every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts and share a little love by writing us a review. Then, go deeper into each exchange or listen to previous episodes at our podcast page, terminalexchange.org.